Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson and I am your host. As always, I hope you all are doing well, staying safe, being positive triumphant in life things are so fucking crazy right now it's oh my god what are you gonna do there's so much fucking extra pandemic shit going on right now it's almost as if 2020 is coming fucking back for around fucking two let's hope not stay safe stay healthy holy fuck today i have maniac cop in the studio we're gonna be talking about some awesome fucking california thrash fucking right awesome shit joe trucks lead vocalist super rad fucking guy you're, but before we do that, let's fucking... You're, we know we're going to listen to them, but before we do, let's talk. Uh, I seriously hope everybody's doing well, doing, uh, staying safe and everything, being smart. There's a lot of shows that are being canceled again, postponed, whatever you want to say, that, you know... I know my band has had a few shows get canceled. Uh, this coming Monday's show uh, with Black Tusk and Savage Master was canceled. And we've got a Metal Monday. We had a show in October that was planned that got canceled already. It's it's rough, man. You know, we really just wear your masks. If you haven't been vaccinated, please, you know, get vaccinated. You know, it's free. I mean, just be safe. Fuck. But anyways, um, enough of the COVID talk for now. 
because it seems like with the new with the way the metal forge has been over the last year it's all we fucking had to talk about you know how the pandemic has affected everybody and we already know all that so anyways uh, cool stuff Uh, the Iron Maiden album comes out today and it was already leaked (laughs) I don't get it I think it's actually them doing it because this happened on Book of Souls also it was leaked like two or three days before it actually came out I think it's actually the band doing it and saying like, oh, geez, somebody leaked our album. It's probably because they didn't have as many pre-orders as they thought they were going to have. Which, I mean, it's fucking Iron Maiden. You know they're going to sell out 20,000 seat or 30,000 seat fucking arenas. And, and it's it's whatever. It's going to fucking sell a million copies already. So, why leak it, I guess? Metallica did that with Hardwired to Self-Destruct also. Where it, it came out like two days before everything and then it's when they released all the videos and all that shit too it's just weird to me speaking of metallica next friday the black album box comes out who all ordered that send me a message shoot me an email something message me on facebook instagram whatever let me know if you ordered the black album box set i'm pretty sure because i did I'm pretty sure I'm going to actually film an unboxing video and put it on the Metal Forge YouTube page. I know they did one with Jason doing an unboxing, but he just kind of flips through shit super fast. He tells you what everything is. Oh, this was the live show. These are some some interviews. No, no, that's cool. I don't even think I've even seen this video. So it's cool, but I'm actually going to do some pretty cool shit. I'm going to unbox it. I'm going to show you, like, the artwork for each individual thing, and so on and so forth. I got some pretty cool ideas for that. But, you know, it's the fucking Black Album. It's it's what it is. You know, it's arguably one of the best and worst albums of all time. You know, for all the first four album guys and girls out there, it's the worst album of all time for everybody like me who's a fan of their entire career, except for Lulu, by the way. You know, it's fucking like, holy shit. It's fucking... It's a measuring stick for a lot of bands, I'm sure. You know, especially with what they did and how they recorded that album. Cool stuff all around. Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much, and continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art, Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, The It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys, because every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Y'all are fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlist as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show, and you'll be supporting those people as well, too. Thank you all. So this is from Maniac Cop. City Attack.
All right, Metalheads, this is the triumphant return back to metal. The You know, the last couple of weeks, it's been that heavy shit, but not quite metal. So I have Joe Trucks on the line from Maniac Cop out in Los Angeles. Dude, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Dude, it is awesome. I mean, here we are. This is a Friday before a long weekend. I'm off today, and, you know, it's just fun. Sounds good. Hell Sounds yeah. like a... Sounds sounds like a blast. Definitely, you know this this Monday my band is uh, opening up for Black Tusk, so nice, I had to, I had nice, to take I, like I had to take off the Friday before it just so I could cool. mentally get ready because those dudes are like, fucking rad. Yeah, I like Black Tusk. They're cool. Oh, yeah. But dude, uh, we're here to talk about Maniac Cop. You all just mm-hmm. released an EP back here in it looks like June. Is that correct? Yes, sir. We did. Um, it finally got released. It's been in the making for a couple of years. The members, COVID and the members moving around and stuff, we didn't get to actually finish it. So we finally finished it, uh, and I laid down all the vocals, and it finally came out. Wow. See, that's been one of these things that's been weird to me is like, I'm always one of those guys that's a creature of habit. I got to have a band. I got to have. I got to practice like once a week or, or, or yeah, twice yeah, a yeah. week kind of thing. Yeah. How is that for you guys? Are y'all um, are y'all in the same area? We're not right now in the same area. Actually, um, that's been one of the problems. And we were going to we were planning on uh, you know getting together and practicing, doing marathon practices. We're, we're all in California, but um, I moved up north, and uh, the rest of the guys are in LA. So we just kind of stopped everything during COVID because there wasn't much way to go into studios or do anything. We didn't know what was going on, so we had the we had everything tracked. Uh, and I had to get my producer uh, guy. His name's Dylan Brock. He did a great job on everything. He always does great stuff. He always does great stuff. He's in Orange County to kind of like piece it all together. We had to finish some leads. And then finally, after a year or so later, it all got together. And I was able to attract the vocals up here when things calmed down a little bit with, with the pandemic and all that shit. And then um, I tracked the vocals and we finally got it out. Absolutely. Now, he also plays guitar on the does as well. Yes, he does. That's he's he's pretty much a member of the band, but he he's he wasn't a member of the playing live band. But uh, he just he's kind of like a behind the scenes guy. It's really the the core of the band has always been me, the drummer, and the bass player. And we had we had a couple of guys who were in the band for a while playing lead. It ended up all three of them played on the EP, including Dylan. And uh, now it's in limbo whether those guys are going to be playing out live with us. So we don't know right now exactly what's going on with them. But I've got a new guitar player called Gage, and he's ready to step in on one of the lead parts. And then we have a couple of other prospects if the guys in L.A. don't end up uh, following through with uh, being in the live the live band. Absolutely. It seems like that is a thing more and more common these days where most bands anymore everyone in them has something going on i I, sometimes i feel like i'm the only guy in any band that doesn't have another band of some sort yeah i haven't i haven't been in a band where like most of the members were in other bands in a really really long time it's almost like those days are gone where it's just you just do the one band i mean even big bands all the big bands right now is just watching danzig um, play at Psycho, and uh, everybody in that band is in other bands. So it's pretty much you know Johnny Kelly and um, and uh, Tommy from Prong 
and uh, Steve Zing, they're all in other bands. They're all in like other full-time bands. So it's not like even, there just aren't really that many bands where people aren't, I mean, the older bands seems like are the only ones, the really older bands, like Priest and Maiden, those those bands seem to be the only bands left that those they only do that one band. And that's well, it. And, and even still, even with Maiden, that's not entirely true anymore. Mm-hmm. Because British, mm-hmm. British Lion is out now, and that's a Steve Harris project. Right, right, right. That's it's like, true. It's true. Which is it's always true. weird to me because it's like, is he writing the songs in British Lion also because he's writing them in Maiden? So is it like the songs that are not Maiden to be Maiden? You know what I mean? Maybe. Could be. <laughs> which is definitely really cool. could Definitely could be. He's a great songwriter, no oh. doubt about it. He probably he if it isn't it called Steve Harris's British Lion though. So it's no, no, it's actually just called British Lion. Oh, is he just calling it British Lion? I thought it was Steve Harris's British Lion. Well, that's cool. I'm pretty sure he's probably writing the songs in that too. Which is interesting too, and not to you know skew off on a weird tangent on Steve Harris. Oh, it's but, all right. Know, I his, love Steve Harris. But his sons are also in the band called the Raven Age. Okay, which you would think. That he would be playing with them as well, but he's not. <laughs> this yeah. Is, but this British Lion thing is just got something completely different, which is cool. Yeah. 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 But uh. there are so many bands out there. You, you know, like what you said, you know, everybody's in another band. Like Midnight, you were talking about, you know, watching Danzig at Psycho Las Vegas. I was watching the Midnight performance. Uh, from oh, the they're, all, they're all from other bands. Yeah. They're all in other bands. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Midnight was a side. Midnight was like a side project that went bigger than all the bands that those people are in. That's right. what happened. Midnight was supposed to be like a not goofy, but kind of goofy, uh, because the lyrical content's a little bit goofy at times. I think tongue in cheek on purpose. You know what I mean? And it was supposed to be kind of like a. It's kind of like Ghoul type thing. Ghoul also. Everybody in Ghoul was in other bands, and then Ghoul became the biggest band. You know, it's kind of it's it's weird. That happens a lot of times, and with Midnight, it definitely happened. I think Midnight outshined all the bands that all those guys in, and they just do Midnight almost full time now. It seems right. Well, I know yeah. Vanek does a lot of stuff on the on the side still. He yeah. he has his own stuff, and he has uh, Vandalis, and there's quite a few other things that he's part of. But for sure, it's it's awesome stuff. So yeah, it's great. So you said this out uh, this EP, excuse me, took a couple of years to get out. Yes. I mean, other than the pandemic, I mean it would have been done it would have been done pre it would have been done pre-covid. Oh. It would have been completely done. It would have been done how when did, I mean I don't even at this point I'm so lost in when everything started and ended. It would have been done before all the shit hit the fan. Wow. Cuz we were like working on it and I was going back I was going to LA all the time cuz I owned a tattoo shop down in LA as well as one up here in Northern California. So I would go down and tattoo at my tattoo shop down there or and um when I was down there I'd record. Cuz I've also got a doom I've got a doom thing that's really cool that I do with the bass player from Maniac Cop as well. And um and uh, then a black metal thing that I also do that um I do with some guys down in LA as well that also is kind of kind of well known. It's on Iron Bonehead and that does pretty well. Um, so I would record with all three projects. Maniac Cop is kind of probably one of the newer projects or bands in general. Uh, if you if you take the other bands that I'm doing into into uh, consideration, they've been around a little bit longer. Right on. So whenever y'all do write music, how how does this process work for you guys? Um, I'm I'm like the Steve Harris. I bring in the the main. I bring in songs almost done. 
So I bring in like songs about 80%, 75% finished. And um, those guys, and then we flesh them out. We just flesh them out. We, I'm, I let everybody kind of just like put in their input, uh, change here, should we modulate up full step, blah, 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 blah. And then like 25% of the rest of the song gets written by the whole band. And then everybody just get does their thing as far as their leads go. And, you know, but I kind of have it plotted out. And then I do vocals dead last. Definitely. I write, I write lyrics and do vocals dead last. So I kind of like let the song create it just be created i'll come in with the sketch then it gets finished into the night into the full painting and then once the painting's done i add my lyrics and uh and and uh, finish it up awesome so you're actually putting in all the rhythm tracks on your own and then bringing it to the rest of the band yeah i, I basically i honestly i'm not the greatest guitar player but i can play uh guitar and bass pretty well i'm a really good rhythm player so i'll come down with like riffs and i'll literally just hum things and dylan again i'm shouting dylan out dylan brock and i sit by the console and we demo stuff and i'll be like when i brought like say darkness of lights a song like that darkness of light i just literally was at home and i put in my voice memos and i sung it into my voice memos and then i came down and i knew exactly what i wanted to do with it i was like this is going to be a maiden type vibe galloping beat um harmonized guitars guitar harmony blah blah blah, and then we just fleshed it out but i knew the whole what it was going to be like i'll write songs in my mind and i come down and they all almost 90 percent of the time come out exactly how i envisioned them in my mind and i'll hum into my voice memos on my phone and i i do a lot of writing like that or i play a guitar riff into my phone and then i just finish it up uh with dylan and then we bring the guys in awesome yeah welcome to the night you think you know night demon then the night demon heavy metal podcast is for you step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon we're talking band history song analysis studio anecdotes stories from the road it's everything a diehard night demon fan could want and more this is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the night demon story need more the sacred night demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day all with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. 
And I think a, a vocalist who can actually do that, because ultimately, you know, if you're writing lyrics and and any kind of vocal melodies or anything, it does help to be able to play an instrument where you Absolutely. can just sit there, you can get that idea out. Yeah. But I, the difference is I don't write my vocal. I don't write my songs around my vocals, which I think a lot of people do. I write my vocals around the songs, um, and that's I don't know, kind of a different approach. But I don't even like come up with a vocal idea whatsoever until the very last minute. So it's almost like the the vocals are the most important thing, but they're just part of the song they're just another instrument laying on top of everything and uh, my lyrics are really important i haven't put my lyrics up on the band camp but they're really i mean i, I really i'm proud of the lyrics on the maniac cop record they're all m- most of them are very horror and fantasy based but i like the i like the way they got put together i was really happy with the lyrics it took me a long time it took me a couple months to write the lyrics i been i was writing them for a couple months and they all came together really well with it being a such a long time before this got put out. Yes. I'm sure that you've written other stuff since oh, yeah. doing this. So Absolutely. with the pandemic, and I know this has been something I was talking with uh, Kevin from Soul Grinder up in Portland about the other day. Yeah. And yeah. it was almost as if, you know, all these bands who have released so much material, whether it be a couple of EPs, a full length and an EP over the pandemic, and now that some touring is able to come back, I mean, is this is this something that you're already bored with because you've heard it so many times and, no. and you're just wanting to write more stuff? Not at all. Um, I am writing a lot right now. And in fact, I already have the cover art going for the next record, which is by my friend Chad Keith. Yes, I've seen it. it. Yeah. And it's so, awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, it's cool. He did a great job. He's fantastic. He's amazing. Oh, um, yeah, he's great. So that's going to be the next record. So I'm already uh, the way we. The, that's kind of the way I approach things. I let the the artwork came, and then I'm looking at the artwork, and I'm already kind of thinking about fleshing out songs for that. It's either going to be another six song EP, or it might be a full length. So we don't know yet. We're just working on it right now. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm definitely thinking about re- recording more stuff. Definitely thinking about touring. I mean, until the Delta variant started nailing everybody, even the vaccinated people, I was getting ready to talk to everybody about, you know, doing a little bit of touring, but now I'm trying to wait till the end of the year and see how everything shakes out. Definitely. And that was going to be where I was going to go with this next was, you know, is this going to be something that you're interested in touring? And if so, I mean, here's one of my questions that I always like to ask. I know a lot of people who are in multiple bands, they, I've never really seen a lot of those bands tour with each other. It's true. Like, for example, you know, I'm I'm not seeing like Vanek and Midnight playing on the same shows, right? And I don't know if that's just because there's the ded- you have to have the the dedication to the one thing, or I mean, would would that be something that you all would ever try to do? I don't think so. I think double duty is too much for a lot of the band members i personally and for me i kind of think it would dilute the the whole approach maniac cop when we play live i i totally you know already envision like a wasp type like a vintage wasp type stage show uh so that's what i'm trying to trying to do i don't want to just go out and like play i want to do like a bit of a stage show for as much as we can get away with fire blood the whole nine so I think that I wouldn't want to dilute that whole thing by having me play with another band or sing with another band Absolutely. on the same show. I can respect yeah. that. And yeah. you just said to me the magic words, 
you just said stage show. Yes. And I have been such an advocate for stage shows for the longest time. I've always thought that, you know, there's, you can get any five dudes who can play instruments together on a stage and they can jam out cover songs or they can jam out their own original songs. But the real thing out there today is putting on the show, making people sit there and say, take my fucking money because you guys fucking are awesome. And you have this awesome look and you know, whether it's not, not just necessarily lights, but even if you have like a backdrop, that's not just your logoed name. I know that's rad as shit to me. I agree. I'm I'm with you. I don't see, almost don't even see the point with, especially with a metal band and a band like I'm doing like, like maniac cop. I could see it with other genres of music, but with maniac cop, I don't see the point in playing out live unless you're going to give a real full show. I might as well. Otherwise, it's just to me like it's a glorified rehearsal. Right. And I'm not trying to insult anybody else who just wants to play the stripped down shit and go out and just play all stripped down at a club. But I think that's just to me, it's just a glorified rehearsal. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I want to see a show. You know, I want to see at least some sort of a production of some kind. I'm an Alice Cooper kiss. I come from like that, you know, Alice Cooper kiss. Uh, you know, those kind of stage shows, seeing them when I was a kid and just that's the kind of shit that I want to, you know, even even though I don't really like him, but like Rob Zombie, great fucking show, great stage show, you know, right. and uh, I think I have a personal vendetta against Rob because I know him. But other than that, he's a great performer. He's a great songwriter and a great performer. And I, I admire that. My personal vendetta really against person. <laughs> my personal vendetta against Rob uh, stems from I hate fucking film remakes. <laughs> Oh God! And, yes, and the Halloween were those were an abomination, and those I, were an abomination against horror, right? And the sorry other if thing I'm I hate any people out there, but too bad. Hey, sorry, it happens. Too fucking bad. They suck. <laughs> and the other thing is, he has the uh, I don't know what it is, but he was shot with that same kind of thing that Vince Neil has now too. Where and and Axl Rose had it for a long time and. I haven't seen Axel yeah. do it for a long time, but he had it at one time. And that's where they get so winded that they sing every other line of lyric. Oh, yeah. No, Axel's not like that anymore. And funnily enough, I can twist into an interesting story that may be interesting for your fan, for your for your, for your people, um, is that my best friend is, uh, is Del James, and he's Guns N' Roses tour manager. So I get to see Guns all the time, and it sucks because he just wanted to bring me to the san jose show which is close to where i'm living and i had to say no because i'm just not ready i have a i have a i have a young son at home who's unvaccinated so i was like had to say no and i was bummed but um axel his he sounds better than ever now he's not winded at all he's he started doing vocal uh, exercises and he doesn't before and after shows and he sounds great he hits every note but god i saw motley not too long ago maybe like four years ago five six five six years ago maybe and vince just was terrible literally doing literally doing exactly what you said singing only part of the lyrics making the crowd sing it yep and trying to act like he's being inclusive like oh you know i want you guys to sing it no he's just because i can't do it no more he can't do it anymore He's too fucking fat. I love Motley. I love Motley. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love Motley. And I saw them back in the day when they were on fire. But Vince needs to lose weight. Needs to lose the fucking weight, man. He's really fat. And he, he shouldn't be because he's a singer. And he has, he has the fans to... He owes something to the fans to not look like a bloated piece of shit Corpse. on stage. Corpse? Yeah, he looks terrible. 
come on, man. You know, it's like you look like shit. You don't want the fans don't want to see that. They don't want to see it. Okay, here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this because I am a big guy and I do vocals. So yeah, well, sure. my point is this: when a thin person gains a lot of weight, they can't keep up because right. they they've they've never been used to it before. Right. So exactly. where we talk about Vince Neil and Rob Zombie and all of this, Rob Zombie is just because I don't think he gives a fuck. But um, I because agree it, with you 100%. because he he didn't get fat, you know. No, he's not fat. But the flip side of this. Is if you have if you're a big vocalist and you lose a lot of weight, guess what? It doesn't necessarily make you better either. No, John Popper from Blues Traveler that happened. He lost his entire vocal power when he lost yep. when he lost weight. So did Meatloaf. By the same, yeah, and so did Meatloaf. He fucking could barely sing. And there's a lot of people like that. And um, oh, well, I was going to tie it into something too about somebody gaining weight. Oh, and big vocalists. I got two words for you, Steve Grimmett fucking sings his ass off has always been a big guy oh yeah sings, sings his fucking ass off there's a lot of bigger dudes who are can keep totally wail and sing metal and sing all kinds of genres of music but it's true when they lose a lot of them when they lose weight they just that's where their wind was coming from yeah, from the power whether, of you whether know, it being be big. power whether it be yeah. timber yeah you know they'll, exactly. they'll lose a lot of that 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 real oh, behind it uh yep. For sure, and you know that was the thing with Axel because Axel did get fat, but Axel has like got trimmed got down fat. a lot. He's 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 more muscular now. Like I see, I've been looking at videos that Del's been sending me, um, and he's he's a little bit more muscular, upper body. He's still got a belly, but it's not huge. I mean, but the guy's you know he's 60, 60 plus years old, so he for his age he looks pretty good. He doesn't have much hair going on anymore, but he sounds really good. He seems like he's giving the people a good show, and look, the shows look really good. In the last few shows I saw really good too right um it wasn't like yeah. that brazil show back in like 2007 where he was wearing the uh the dick tracy like yellow jacket <laughs> oh i know that was embarrassing well right. he went he had a lot of bad phases axel made some mistakes along the way and now i think they're back on track very much so but anyways <laughs> let's keep talking about you yeah we've now that we've shit sure. on axel a little bit we've shit sure. on no meatloaf. i'm not shitting on axel no no at all. no i know <laughs> I, I don't mind shitting on meatloaf but i do love me i do love that out of hell but i'll shit on meatloaf. i you know that is the weirdest thing to me in the world i love because, that out of hell. oh i do too and for everything of what it's worth and i know he's had some solo records and, and it almost seems like between bad out of hell and bad out of hell 2 it's like 15 years difference yeah and absolutely. i think he only has one album between that time period yeah and it's yeah. so weird to me yep for it is weird for somebody to be so in it with like modern quote modern music yeah and to basically only have three albums in like 15 years it's weird I don't know. I think that might have had a little bit to do with Jim Steinman, who just passed away not too long ago. Rest, yep. rest, rest in peace. I almost didn't notice because of all the shit going on with COVID. Oh, I but know. But that was that was a bummer. A lot of people died during the pandemic, and a lot of people didn't notice because they were so busy trying to stay whatever safe or whatever the fuck you know. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. Fifteen years is too long. It's a long time. I've always had this weird thing, and I don't know the exact word wording to use for it where i don't know if it's disdain maybe that bands who take a ridiculously long amount of time to create follow-up albums tool has yeah. done it metallica does it now guns and guns and guns and roses guns and roses is a weird is a weird thing because i think axel just i think he couldn't get a band that he liked together before doing yeah it. 
he also didn't know which direction he was going. I think he was trying to gauge what, what was popular. And that's why he went like Nine Inch Nailsy and he went this way and that way when he should have just made another Appetite for Destruction type band, type album. Right. Yeah, it might not have been so well received then, but now it would be a classic. You know what I mean? And I, I just think you, you just, you got to fucking ignore trends and do what you want. And that's the thing. I've gotten, I've gotten a bunch of like blowback. We've got about 90%, maybe 85% positive reviews, you know, and positivity towards this record. If you look at like YouTube and platforms we're on, but I've gotten some pushback because my vocals aren't like typical. They're not typical. I'm not doing the, you know, and, um, that was, that's, that was a conscious effort on my, on my part, you know. But listening to the EP of your alls, I mean, it's straight out of 1984. I hope so. That's what I we mean, were going for. And because I was listening to it, you know, earlier today and on my way to work this, uh, you know, a few times this past week. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it's like, honestly, I think it fits amazing with like East Bay Thrash. And cool. in that same era, you know, when you've got, I could imagine Bailoff and 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 you know with Exodus and you guys playing a show together. Cool, and it be, be that would be awesome. Those guys all love that straight up metal stuff. That's the thing. Thrash guys, they didn't listen to just thrash for the most part. They all listened to regular straight up either new wave of British heavy metal or just regular heavy metal. In yeah. fact, the nobody, not a lot of people know this, but the band that. Lars and Metallica bit so hard, besides, of course, Motorhead, is a band called Savage. And mm. Savage were like a very underrated new wave of British heavy metal. Or actually, you know what? They might have even been American. I don't, but whatever it was. No, they're British. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to be quoted on that. Anyway, fucking killer album, totally underrated, totally under the radar. If you listen to it, it is Metallica. It is that early Metallica stuff. And it's just straight heavy metal. Battle Axe savage all that stuff i just uh, that's that's what i was basing this entire vibe of the band on hey everybody let me tell you about the new sponsor to the metal forge unchained tapes they're an independent pennsylvania tape label they focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. So the EP was released back in June. We've, we've already yes. established this. And yep. we've established the fact that you want to go on tour, but you want to have a stage show. And yes. 
you're but you're working that out with the members and hopefully this delta variant and echo and whatever uh zulu <laughs> going down the alphabet here doesn't fuck exactly. things up for the rest of us or all yep. of us what the fuck the rest of us for all of us yep so do you have any slated performances that you're even if you're not on tour that you've got coming up no nothing nothing as of right now we have got nothing on the schedule right now i think we'll probably end up recording again before we play out again um which means you know probably the next few months recording we record usually record really fast so we could knock something out in a few months if we if we got together in la so i think we'll probably knock out another record and another entire record and then talk about playing out right again shit yeah Yeah. because hey i mean and here's the thing with that. This is six songs, and obviously, you know, one of those songs is a Tyrant cover, which is cool yep. because Tyrant fucking rips. I was oh, in a rip. music store, and we carry uh, some some Tyrant in there, and I was jamming it out. So and good. It's ridiculously good. And, yep. you know, it's, the, it's one of those heyday era bands that oh, have, so good. you know, they broke up and got back together because kids today are like – dude, have you ever heard of these guys? And, yep. and then all of a sudden there's a calling for it again. Yep. And that's rad as shit to me. Oh, I know. I love them. That's I'm sorry, it's one of the biggest influences on my vocal style. I mean, funnily enough, I've been called everything from like Rob zombie to a bunch of different people as far as my vocal style, Zodiac mind warp. But my, what I was, what I'm trying to do is somewhere between the singer of tyrant Udo and like a couple of other people like that, a little bit of, you know, Udo, singer of Tyrant, and uh, Paul Diano is what I'm going for. If I'm getting there, I don't fucking know, but it just comes out as me. But that—that's kind of like those are my three biggest vocal influences for this particular thing, you know. Absolutely, and I don't know. I don't know if I would take that as a uh, <laughs> as a personal slight if somebody re- uh, referred to your vocal style as Rob Zombie. That would <laughs> I didn't I didn't take it I didn't take it negatively. I, I like the Zodiac Mind Warp one better, but nobody even knows who Zodiac is, but all good. I mean I I'll take anything as long as it's not negative. But even the negative shit, I don't care. I really don't give a shit. At least you're listening to to the to the music, you know. You hate it, you hate it. I don't care. Hate it and proud. Definitely. So I'm gonna shift over here. I always like to all ask right. general profile questions about you as sure. you as a person because the pandemic, you know, has drilled into all of our minds about we're all in this together type stuff. And I just like to know yeah. what make people tick. Shoot. What do you do to get away from music? Um, what do I do to get away from music? I can never get away from music. I'm always doing music. Um, I guess I hang out with my kids and I, I tattoo. I've been a tattoo artist for 30 years. So those are my things. I get, And I, I don't really get too much downtime. I, I just feel like downtime is wasted time for me. So I'm always doing some kind of, I'm always doing music or I'm hanging out with my kids or I'm tattooing. That's about it. Definitely. Definitely. So a uh, real quick tangent question here. So you've been tattooing for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's rad as shit because I know technologically how things have changed for tattoo artists going yeah, from it's, it's a, these a lot's changed yeah going from the the machines that are the quintessential machines you know the ones that make so much noise to these ones that are now wireless machines and and almost make no sounds at all 
Yeah, I don't. I, I never really change rotary machines, which is what you're talking about. The wireless rotaries, rotary machines have always been around. Those are jailhouse machines. Those are the original tattoo machines. Okay. The original tattoo machines weren't coil machines. They were they were they were like they were like rotary machines. So it's a spinning motor that goes round and round and makes something poke out over and over again. The coil machines, they've been around for a really long time too. But the rotaries are just jailhouse machines that you could make with a Walkman. They're just made them way better and made them, you know, just more sophisticated. But both machines have been around for a really, really long time. And the wireless thing, I don't get into any of that stuff. That's gimmicky to me. I guess it's just easy because you don't have a clip cord that's kind of encumbering you in some way. But for me, I still use the wire. I still use the rotaries and coils. And I've been using some of the same machines for the last 25 years and it's all the same to me. So the, the technology, only thing that's changed is that I draw on an iPad and it's made my life so much easier. So I do, I draw, all my drawing is digital. That's the only thing that's changed for me. Sweet. That's rad. Um, what song could you never tire from listening to? Um, of all, oh, wow, that's, that's tough. Um, in metal, uh, maybe Wasted Years by Maiden. I never get tired of hearing that song. I think I covered it in a band I was in. Um, uh, I, I'm like Overkill by Motorhead. So many. Definitely. Um, and then I'm a big. I, I was a big punk rocker for years. Um, I was into punk and metal, but I was playing punk back in the day. There's just so many songs. I don't know, but that's hard. That's hard. No, it's, that, those those two just popped into my head. Yeah, I could definitely see wasted years and both overkill. Hell yeah, yeah. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? <laughs> be play lead. <laughs> I feel you <laughs> for sure. I that'd be a shredder. <laughs> what is the worst album by your favorite band? Oh. Let me think about that for a second. Hmm. Um, but who is my favorite band? But it could be. Can it be a favorite band? Sure. Worst album by a favorite band because I don't really have a favorite band because there'd be a favorite band in every genre. Um, and then uh, the, you would be sub, would, okay. Would I, do subgenre I, of everything. Well, this is power right? metal and this is thrash metal and this um, is. <laughs> I would say that last Ozzy album by Ozzy because Ozzy's one of my favorite artists of all time. Black Sabbath, Bar None. I love it with Dio. I love it with Ozzy. But I would say that last, that last, maybe it was it one before the last, the one with Scream on it. That, that was the the next to last one. Next to last. That's so what I was gonna. I was gonna, yeah, I was I was gonna say. Album. I was actually going to say, you know, because the, the most recent was Ordinary Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't that bad. No, <laughs> yeah. the, the second to last one, the one, with, the one with Scream on it was that fucking was terrible. And the one terrible. before that was terrible. Black Rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, bad. so bad. Yep. <laughs> uh, priest yeah. or Maiden? Oh, for me? Yes. Personally, uh, Priest. Right on. Absolutely. No, not even a contest, although I love them both. Love yeah. them both. But Priest, for me, better, more better songs over a longer period of time. Or Maiden has incredible songs for a shorter amount of time and then comes back with another album that's great, but they've had some turkey albums, as far as I'm concerned. Especially and, and, in the 2000s era. Yeah, 
and they should have just saved it up and had made and put the best songs and done less albums. But Maiden is one of the, I think, a way harder working uh, band than, than Priest ever was. Maiden's like a like a a machine. It's like a corporation. It they, is. They're always working. And they everybody work, has their part. play. Yeah, they work. They just work. Whereas Priest kind of tours and then they don't and then they do and blah 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 they're more they take it a little bit more a little bit more relaxed whereas maiden is just one of the hardest working bands of ever in, in, in heavy metal or rock and roll period i mean they just never stop fucking touring ever you're uh, definitely i think priest did do that to same, a certain point to up until rob left in like 92 yeah exactly and then i think that hurt the rest of the guys in the band and it kind of made them a little bit disillusioned. And then it was, what, yeah. uh, four years before Painkiller came out? Didn't it come out in, like, 96 yeah. or some shit? Yep, yep, 96, yep. And and then they had the other album, and then Rob came back in, like, 02. Yep. And, yep. and it's just like... And then since 02, they've been that very much on-again, off-again band. Yep. I just saw them, though. Um, I like haven't seen them yet. Two, three years ago. And um, again, because I saw him, I saw him on the British Steel tour too. But I saw this tour. This was Saxon and um, uh, what they, a Black Star Riders. Ricky Warwick, who's a good buddy of mine too. He, he's in. He was the Thin Lizzy, the replacement singer. Talk about getting shit on. No but kidding. he didn't get as much. He didn't get as much flack as you'd think because he is Irish, and he is from. You know, he's from Belfast. So he he was he gave got a little bit of a pass, but this that tour was so good and Priest was so great. But you know what? Saxon was the dark horse. Almost all original members, they were so goddamn good. I couldn't even believe it. They were so good. They did everything, and I was looking, and it's like almost all original members still. I oh, couldn't yeah. believe it. I saw them in 2015 on so Motorhead's last tour. Awesome so good. band. Awesome band. So great. I uh, love Saxon. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, um, the Odd Couple. Nice, hell yeah! Uh, what yeah. was the, what was the first concert you ever attended? Uh, Electric Light Orchestra at, Ma- at Madison Square Garden. Damn! I, won't, damn. I don't even. I don't even. If I tell you what year, it'll date me. I mean, 75. 75. Oh shit! Really? Uh huh. Dude, that's like perfect time for them. Oh, they were. It was. Amazing. Dude. And then after that, I, and I saw Yes, Pink Floyd, Animals Tour, Yes on the Yes Songs Tour, or it might have been Tales from Topographic Oceans, uh, Floyd on Animals. What else did I see? Aerosmith, Night at the Ruts, Kiss, Destroyer, and Love Gun. Uh, shit, I've seen a lot. Holy shit. Didn't dude. get to see Zeppelin, though. Could have seen Zeppelin. Had the tickets. Didn't go. Like an idiot. Dude, that's rough. Beer or whiskey? Oh, God, that's beer <laughs> definitely <laughs> you know metalheads out there are interesting people we're creatures of habit okay? absolutely so is there one song that you listen to before every performance uh well you know i always i always listen to british steel by priest that record just always gets me going I, you know so and so i would say maybe i'm trying to think Metal Gods, maybe. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. That record that's an always on on a rotation record for me it has been since it, the day it came out to now. Still play it nonstop. And I absolutely love the classic albums for British Steel. 
the, the documentary where they give away oh, so how they make the, the pots and pans. You mean the pots, the, and the pans. silverware? Yeah. The silverware on, yeah, yeah, on yeah, Ringo's marble floor. And then you listen to it and you can hear it for the stomping of the metal, for the stomping of the metal gods. <laughs> it's so cool. And That's I great. love that ambient, like bullshit. Let's face it. It's bullshit that they're putting in there. Yeah. To, to get that sound, to get something to thicken up. Yep. Something, you know, like the like where they throw the glass bottle in uh, Breaking the Law with the, yeah. with the siren. It's, it's like, great. who thinks of that shit, really? <laughs> well, they were thinking it up on the fly because nobody was oh, doing yeah. that shit yet. They Definitely. were inventing shit. They were just, they didn't have any, they weren't in, they didn't have any encumbrances of like, what you couldn't do they just did whatever they wanted to do that's what makes all those great early bands so great because they're not thinking oh what would this band have done because they had no fucking clue oh absolutely with the exception with the exception of zeppelin who just were like well let's just take every blues song that nobody knows and we'll rework it into our own (laughs) songs other than that all the other guys were just like doing their thing you know they were just like we don't know what the fuck to do let's just do whatever we want to do and it and it worked Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. So also with, you know, metalheads being creatures of habit, we're also really eclectic people. We go on tour, we we see weird shit, we buy weird shit. What yeah. do you collect? Oh, I collect, I mean, I collect vinyl and uh, I fucking collect shoes, man. Cowboy boots and shoes. I'm like a shoe person. I'm like a chick when it comes to shoes. I've got so many goddamn shoes. Um, I, I collect vinyl mostly and I also collect toys like weird Japanese and weird freaky toys and stuff and like eclectic stuff and a lot of like occult related things um, that are like antique, like antique occult trinkets cool. and necklaces and pieces of, of you know, ephemera and stuff like that. I, I My house has, is full of that kind of stuff. Definitely. So what's the, what's the most obscure weird thing that you have? Oh, I've got a lot of stuff from like crematoriums that was left over from people were burnt, well, you know, were cremated. Um, because I had a couple of friends who were morticians and they would bring me everything that got left over teeth, um, hips, you know, um, hip replacements. I've got some human skulls, just got a lot of that stuff. I have, I have a lot of weird, 
like witchy stuff from a guy who passed away not too long ago um, called uh, Genesis P Genesis Briar P Orridge, who was in a band called Psychic TV, a really obscure, weird performance art band from England. And he collected all this Tibetan stuff and he gave me a bunch of it before he died. It's really cool stuff, like Sweet. Tibetan occult, just uh, there's statues. and I love that kind of stuff. I love all religions. I love collecting stuff from like religious stuff from all different religions. Um, it's really cool. I just, I just I'm into all that kind of stuff. I'm totally just horror. Oh, I'm a horror. I'm a horror. It doesn't surprise me from the band. So anything horror related, real horror though, you know, not 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 Ouija, not the Ouija movies or the fucking Conjuring, which I don't even consider horror movies, but just real real horror stuff. Either classic Universal monster stuff or like really obscure, like foreign gore, Japanese, French, German. That kind of stuff, the, like uh, uh, Fulci, like where he oh, love Fulci, Fulci. I call I just call him the maestro. He's, he's, wasn't, he's it, the maestro. wasn't it Fulci? Bava, who had to Mario Bava. Wasn't it, Scott? Wasn't wasn't it Fulci who had to prove his film wasn't real murders? Oh yeah, especially the eye being gouged out in a zombie, like yeah. the eye being poked out. Yeah, because he used a lot of real like animal stuff. And a lot of his entrails and stuff. And, and Romero did it later, too. Romero did it in the later movies, too. He used, like, real real entrails when they pop open the stomachs. And it's real, like, guts from real animals. Oh. That works way better. Now it's all fucking CGI. So I don't, you know. I don't, or it's I don't, I don't sausage casings. <laughs> exactly. I like CGI in sci-fi. I can deal with it in sci-fi movies. But I don't like CGI in horror. Yeah. I like real horror. I like real effects. And they still use them. They still use them from time to time. Definitely. You can use CGI for like the set dressing and the, and, the, and the production design, the backgrounds. But as far as effects go, like blood, I don't like CGI blood. Oh no, that, that it looks, looks like CGI. It, it looks like fake it, blood. It looks it, like an Instagram filter. It look yeah, it's fake. <laughs> I want to I want to see a burst out of a squib bur- popping open on the person's chest. I want to see them explode for real. I want to see scanners when the guy's head explodes and it's a real effect. I don't want to see CGI like that. You know. I like CGI, but it's not for horror. <laughs> Here is something that's so funny that you, that you brought that up. There is a friend that I have, and shout out, Matt, I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he makes hot sauce, and it's cool. it's so awesome. But he has a hot sauce that's like a it's a pineapple like hot sauce so it's got this yellow tint to it and every time i see it on his page it i right. the first thing i immediately think of is the finger scene in phantasm oh totally who knows <laughs> the that yellow was like blood. some yellow porridge that was like some yellow porridge shit <laughs> and it, and it, it's so great though that the, the budget for that movie coscarelli made that movie on like i don't even know if you could make a like Five minutes of a movie now for what he made that movie for. It was oh, like a million bucks. It cost like a million bucks. It was that. less. I don't it was even, less than a million. I yeah. I don't even <clears> think <throat> it was that. I think it was. I mean, we could easily look it up. We could easily. It's, it definitely was less than a million. I am definitely doing that as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I, it was definitely less. And that movie not only terrified me when I was a kid, but it still holds up unbelievably well. I mean, it really holds up. So does two. Two is great too. 
But it has Where James Legros in it, and and, and James Legros is great, and the double shotguns, and oh, the, the quad barrel shotgun, it's totally. The best. And he, he had enough money to have the little the little shrunk down dwarves be actually more realistic, and you know everything that he upped the ante, and just the whole the whole set design. You, you could tell that they were like, all right, Phantasm made you millions of dollars because it did. It was a huge hit. So here's a bunch of money, make a better Phantasm, and he did. As long as Reggie's in there, I'm cool. Reggie Definitely. with the Reggie, the man. With, yeah, and he is. He's such a cool, such a cool fucking dude. He's been. He's actually been the one who's worked out the most in in any yep. Phantasm movie. But Phantasm One was shot over like a three year period. By the way, right? Because uh, you could visibly, Did not know that. yeah, you could visibly see Michael Baldwin getting older in the film. Yeah, you, you, I didn't think about it, but I think you probably can. And and here's the interesting thing. That film was made for three hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! In nineteen, so if we just took nineteen seventy four, seventy four, seventy nine. Wow, when it was released. So they from because here was the thing: they had the idea of the little hooded uh, uh, creatures before Star Wars even came out. Right, and they look like the little Jawas, Jawas. or whatever. Yeah, they look yeah, like yeah. the little Jawas. So three hundred thousand yeah. dollars in nineteen seventy nine. Take that money and you put it in the inflation calculator would have been just over a uh, million dollars. It would have been uh, $1.1 million. Which is still nothing. Oh, for fucking, for what it is now? No, I yeah. mean, and that that movie has made over $22 million. Oh, I'm shocked. In, Absolutely. In 42 years. Absolutely. So, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely love that, but yeah, the, the hot sauce that that it is. I mean, I, I'm sure it, it tastes amazing, but just based on the principle that it looks like uh, the tall man's it totally blood. Does. <laughs> I'm like, it oh, totally. it looks like any. Yeah, exactly. The tall man's blood. That finger. It's so great. I love that. And, and, and such. You talked about the practical effects and that little uh, finger with the wire in it. How they did the thing, you know. And the how how they did the effects for the guardians for the little sphere guardians, the sphere watch dogs that thing is they're so great it's so well done and and there's one scene in there that i absolutely love and you really if you're watching it on film you can see it but if you're watching it on like vhs the whites get washed out so you can't really tell but on like the the dvd remaster of it when when the sphere hits the the um the caretaker? Yes. When it hits yeah. the caretaker and it drills in, and after the caretaker falls to the ground, he pisses himself. Oh, yeah, he pisses himself. I noticed it, it when I saw the movie. Yeah. It's so good. But, like, on the it's VHS such a copy, great you effect. can't see it. It's such a great, like, little added thing. They did not need to do that. They did not need to do that, but that's a true auteur. That's a yeah. true filmmaker. All right, he's going to fall. We didn't have to add the extra money of having him piss himself, but it's so good. Yeah, it's just his, and that's like the the death throws, the like legs going a little bit longer because when you are killed really fast, your nerves and your legs do twitch for a longer time, yep. you know, than than they do in movies. Usually, the person just dies, and his legs like twitched a couple of extra times as he's pissing. It's yes. so good. It's so good. I notice. I love that kind of stuff. So I have. You've already answered my uh, next to last question. <clears throat> yep. which was what album would be an absolute playthrough for you? You have mentioned it a couple of times on here, so we're just going to use British Steel as that answer. Absolutely. Because, like I said, you've it's mentioned a it a few times, and it is an absolute playthrough. I yeah. agree with you 100%. So I have one more question, but before we ask it, 
do you have any shout outs you want to give oh shout outs i definitely want to give a shout out to metal ford radio for sure oh, dude, thank um, you. chad keith for doing that great artwork and uh andre buzikov who did the first artwork for the first ep he's amazing too another great artist and i want to give a shout out to dylan james who's produced the record and put it all together and waited around while you know pandemic happened and all that shit um and to the guys in the band sharky bass player john sharkey and uh joe bundock the uh lead guitar player who laid some fucking shredding leads down on this record drummer scotty slam really solid drummer um yeah um, that's about it hell that's about yeah. it all the metal gods definitely fuck yeah and as always links are going to be listed below so give a like share a follow buy some uh, merch from these guys whatever you can get buy it from them go on their Bandcamp page buy this ep because it's fucking rad as shit and it's getting the seal of approval from me absolutely thank you sir so final question yep what album changed your life oh um uh <clears throat> kiss alive absolutely 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 made me want to play music that was it for me that made me decide to become a professional musician sweet you know yep. I, I was at the i was at the record store that i work at uh part-time this past uh sunday and somebody came in and you know kiss just recently released a a vinyl comp it's it was from japan off the soundboard in like 1980 i heard about that yeah yeah the aussie talked about it on aussie's boneyard Yes. And what's inter interesting about that to me is the guy was like, hey, man, is this any good? And he was buying it. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> because he was yeah. the biggest big fucking Kiss fan. I was yeah. like, well, it is a soundboard recording, so it's pretty much what it is. You know, I'm sure right. they're not going to let anything subpar out. I mean, it's fucking Kiss, for God's sakes. Right. You know, and, and I mean, it had a $50 price tag on it. And I'm yeah, like, I've heard I've heard all about it. But to me, the interesting thing about it is, is like he asks, is like, well, you know, they don't real. Everybody else does this. Everybody else releases shows. No, Kiss don't really ever do that. So it's got to be something good. But you know, when it comes to Kiss, they've had you know three giant live albums. Yep. That have went crazy in yep. sales. So, I mean, it's like you know, it's not one of those. But I'm sure it's not far off. Yeah. Yeah. And and he was like, wow. He's like, I wouldn't have thought that anybody would have said it like that. He's like, I know I'm going to buy this now. I was like, awesome, dude. I mean, because, hey, it's like, it's what you like, you know? And, yeah. And Alive, you know, that's almost one of those albums to me that, like, Mike Myers refers to with Frampton Comes Alive. It's one of those albums to me that everybody has. Absolutely. Whether it be, you know, your your parents had it or or your siblings had it, but yep. like everybody has it. It was issued in in yep. uh, in the in the mail with samples from Tide. You know, it's one of those no doubt. things. No doubt, absolutely, absolutely, and yep. fucking rad shit. Alive is still to this day. I'll put it on and be mesmerized oh, so by it. I still listen to it all the time. Dressed to kill. Dress to Kill also still I still listen oh, to it all the time because it's a, one of the non even though it has rock and roll all night <clears throat> the rest of the songs on it are not oft often played songs oh no like they're obscure kid they're all obscure kiss songs room service and you know ladies in waiting 
great fucking songs, but you, they never play them live, ever. And, and with Dress to Kill, I think that's the last, like, before we made it album for Kiss. Absolutely. That was the last Hungry album. Yeah. And then yeah. and then Destroyer happened. And it's just... Uh, Destroyer. And we then it's Destroyer, like, though. Jesus. It's yeah, like, then they were mega. Then they were mega. I Actually, you know, <laughs> I did lie here. I am going to ask you one more question. You sit there and you told me that you the first concert you ever saw was ELO yes. at Madison Square Garden in 1975. Yep. Were you one of the lucky individuals to see Kiss at, at the early stage like that? Yeah, I saw... Well, the earliest I saw them was Dest- Destroyer. And then I saw so Love Gun. 76. Yeah, 76 was the first one I saw. Yeah. Jesus. Really good, really yeah, great. Nice. But I was already such a Kiss freak by then. I couldn't, and you could get tickets. There was no scalpers. The scalpers used to stand outside the places and sell the tickets to you as you walked up. So you could get tickets to shows like that. Now, I mean, I get, I can see Guns N' Roses whenever I want. But other than that, if I want to see a good show, I better pay top dollar to get decent seats, or I'm shit out of luck. You know. Right. So th- those days, shows were available to everybody. Now it's a business, <clears throat> different kind of business. It's a ripoff now. It is. But whatever, I still go. One last note that we can leave on that is, you know, Prince had the idea before he had passed away to where they were making people show their credit cards and their IDs <clears throat> for shows <clears throat> that yeah. to make sure that nobody were scalping tickets. Yeah. And... Yeah, because I can't tell you how many times I go on to like Ticketmaster and want to get tickets to something and it be sold out and it's all and yeah. then go on Craigslist and it's all resale shit. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's, it's garbage. bullshit. Or you go to those big ticket selling places that aren't Ticketmaster, or, you know, and you pay like ridiculous money for it. It's stupid. Yep. It's really it's stupid. StubHub. But yeah, no, I'm a huge Prince, I'm a huge Prince fan too. Just oh yeah. Shout, I'll shout I'll shout out Prince right now because. I'm a Prince fan, a Bowie fan. I, well, they're all gone now, but I'm a huge. I love all music, but metal and punk are just the two genres that always that they feel spoke good to me to the you. most. Yeah, they're the two bands, and I've played both of them the most. So, you know, definitely, Joe. Yeah, it's all good. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on to the show this week. This has been no awesome. Cool. Such a great conversation. Uh, I am definitely going to have to. You know, when you all go on tour, I'm definitely going to have to bring you guys to Louisville. Love to. Without I have friends. In, I have friends in Louisville too. Awesome. Savage Master. Savage of Master. Everybody yeah, knows them. Adam. Adam Neal and I have known each other since I was in a band called Snake Charmers, and he was in the Hookers. We toured together a bunch with the Murder City Devils and Zeke, and we um, we've known each other for years. And I know a bunch of other people there too, but Adam's one of my best friends from there. So. I definitely lo- love to come to Louisville. He is definitely a friend of the show. He's you know, a great guy. And He's honestly, a great guy. Uh, real fast, uh, for the listeners out there, uh, October 2019 episode, you can go on and listen to my conversation with Adam. And he'll be yeah, coming Adam's back here soon, hopefully. So He's my man. Well, if you tell him, if you talk to him, well, I might talk to him too, but just tell him that we had a great interview and it went really well. I don't even know if he's heard the Maniac Cop stuff, but I think he'd really dig it. Definitely. I'll definitely turn him on to him if it hasn't. Uh, yeah. So, Man- yes. from the Maniac Cop EP, what do yes. you want to play out today? Oh, um, <clears throat> I really like Shocker. Shocker's definitely one of my favorites on that record. You heard him. This is from the Maniac Cop EP. This is Shocker.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. 
we feature the down and dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the double down and dirty. Much akin to the down and dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs> 